my man, comedian Ciroc Fox. What's your revolution? So while I was in the Marine Corps, I was a different person. One, I was bald like you. We had a lot of common there. Uh, I didn't have no hair. I was a very angry. I was just an upset person. Someone dared me to go up on an open mic stage and tell a few jokes. They said that I was always funny when we was going like through hell. I got on stage at La Jolla. It was a spot called uh, the Comedy Store. And I just took off. And the audience laughed their asses off. It was the first time I got a standing ovation. At that point in time, I knew I am not meant to fight anymore. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Here we go. Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. Show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's good, revolutionaries? I love saying that, right? Like, what's good, revolutionaries? I actually started putting that in the show show notes. <laughs> what's your revolution? Like, you're so... <laughs> Already started. Like, what's your revolution? What's, what, what's good, revolutionaries? You know, that's my, that's my favorite. That's my favorite line, asking you how you're doing. Yeah. Where you are, where you are in the world. And, you know, like, what, what are you doing? I love saying that, man. I love asking my folks what's good, revolutionaries, because you are revolutionary folks. And those who listen to this show know, right? That's what we want to do. We want you to make sure that you are asking and answering, as my good friend Commander Corey Doolittle says, the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? So that's why we're here. And... It's summertime, and you all know that I love summer. Um, I love summer at the beach. I don't love summer in New Orleans. So my New Orleans folks, you know how much I love you. Essence has passed, right? You're in the throes of it. Please be careful. It's hurricane season. Uh, stay out of the heat, right? Stay out of the heat. Stay safe. Know that we here at What's Your Revolution love you every day. Love you. And want to give a shout out to my folks who are there who are making change. Like my boy, Royce Duplessis. Brother, I know you. I see you, right? I know that you are running for state senate, and I am here for you, right? I am an ardent supporter of you, Royce DePlessis, state rep right now, Royce DePlessis, but we're going to make you senator, right? We're looking forward to having you as continued leadership in the state of Louisiana. We need you, dear brother. So good luck to you and all that you're doing in our fair city in our fair city of New Orleans. But like I said, I love the summer here at the beach. I can go out, you know, I can go out. And as the as the women say, Brother Sirach, you know, put on my hoochie daddy shorts <laughs> and, go to, and go to the beach. Man, I, I, I heard this term hoochie daddy shorts. Man, I was like, what is this? What you was around when those shorts was first in style. <laughs> I mean, right. If I look back to like Magic and Larry back to back back in the early day, those were Hoochie Daddy shorts, right? You know what I'm saying? Now they're back in vogue, right? You know, showing off a little thigh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Showing off a little thigh. I went to the beach. I went to the beach with one of my friends. She was like, yeah, I, I like those shorts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, really? I'm, I'm happy. I always thought it was, be, you know, men were ashamed of their bodies. For real, though. I know this sounds crazy, but I thought men were ashamed of their bodies for the longest of times. So I'm actually happy that these shorts is in style now. I'm, I'm actually happy. I let these these big guys, these skinny guys, everybody who look in the mirror and be like, man, 
It ain't perfect. Man, but stuff hey, that body in them shorts. Stuff that body in them shorts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go out there. You know what I'm saying? I work hard, yeah. man. This Look, this 50-something body, man, I'm in the gym. Like, you know, but back in the day, my shorts were down to my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> big, big, like, Big, big shirts. And that right, can't that, be comfortable. That couldn't have been comfortable. Not, <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to talk about, like, this show is about masculinity, right? You want to talk about, look, uh-uh, I'm not putting these. Look, you would never have seen me in some, so, look, some seven-inch shorts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were, they, they were 12-inch inseams out here. You know what I'm Man. saying? So let me tell you, right? Like I said, it's the beach. But one thing that you can already hear in the dialogue is, 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 is laughter, and that's what I want our, us to do as revolutionary people, right? Because it's, it's trying times that we're going through. We've been dealing with a, a pandemic for two years now that still grips us every day. Shout out to my mom and dad who have, who have come through this, right? Who come through COVID, you know, shout out to the folks who have made vaccines, right? Because I don't think that if my family, my mother and father had not been vac- vaccinated and boosted, they might not have made it. But shout out to those folks who are revolutionary who thought about, hey, how do we protect our people? Because I want to continue to laugh with my father. I want to continue to love and laugh with my mother. And that's what this show is about today. And I want to just I I just want to give right as we talk about the show. I just want to give the flowers to this brother. I met brother Ciroc, comedian Ciroc Fox a couple of weeks ago. That's me. I was on I was on my 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 dear friend, as we say, my good brother, my dear friend, uh, Arrington Gavin show, the Our Smooth Club podcast. That's a whole lot to say. You know what I'm saying? You know, he might have to say complicated name. Man, let me say, (laughs) you know, know, Our Smooth Club podcast. Um, (laughs) No, I was I was on uh, Arrington's show, man. Good brother. Uh, I'm actually going to be at the recording of this. I'm actually going to be on his radio show tonight. Um, But he invited me to come on his podcast, and I met Brother Sirac and. Brother Sirac is a is a renowned comedian across the country. And I let him talk about himself and his upcoming. I want to say we'll talk about the release of his album, his uh, comedy album. But I met this brother. And, and sometimes you just have a connection. Right. You know, because I, I come from Green Run and, and we joke. Right. That's how we came up. You know, we, we came up. We're not going to let somebody come in a room that we feel some energy with. We're not going to let them not feel a, a, a little Joan, as we, as we say. And all, all throughout all throughout this podcast, Brother Sirac and I were going back and forth. And I was like, you know what, brother, I want to I want to learn from you. I want to hear your story. I want to know what you're doing in the world. How can I support you? How can I uplift you? And I want to know what your revolution is. And so I was like, hey, brother, let's let's figure out how we can talk and how we can have a good time, how we can laugh together. Now, the last thing I'll say, revolutionaries, is that there is power in laughter. There's so much research out there that talks about what laughter can do for us. Right. It slows our heart rate. It cures anxiety. It cures depression. Right. It actually lowers the blood pressure when we have the ability to laugh on a regular basis and the ability to laugh in community with our folks. We are healthier people, you know, and I think about, you know, what happens when folks come over to the crib? What do you want to watch? Well, we want to watch some comedy, right? We want to watch Kevin Hart. We want to watch Chris Rock or we want to watch Will Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh that wasn't kind of, that's violence. Still, still tender right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's violence. That's, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's male on male violence, right? Um, 
but we want to laugh. We want, we want to, you know, and when you get with your boys or when you get with your girls, right, there's nothing like that. I was with my boys this weekend, the good men of Omega down in Charlotte and 50, 60 year old men. What, what's the first thing you do? You got a little joke about somebody, right? And yeah. so that's that camaraderie. So I want to welcome brother, brother, comedian Ciroc Fox, right? S Y R O K, right? The phonetic spelling of Ciroc <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the show, dear brother. Thank you. I know that was a long introduction, yeah. but what's going on with you, my man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Before, you know, we was recording, I just uh, was saying that I was jet lagged. We just finished our Alton, Illinois show, and uh, it was amazing. The city don't owe me anything. Um, that's where I'm from. That's where I was born. And uh, we tore it up, man. We had a blast. Uh, and you were talking about how, you know, laughter is therapeutic to a lot of people. I experienced it firsthand this weekend. Um, Alton, I'm not ashamed to say, well, I am a little ashamed to say it's, <laughs> it's filled with a lot of, uh, you know, some, a lot of hardcore dudes who are used to throwing bullets and getting them thrown back at them, unfortunately. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of people who came to that event are used to being so tense and, you know, they got PTSD from trying to look over their shoulder 24 seven because somebody they did wrong or some wrong that somebody about to do to them. And when they were at that show, it felt like Switzerland. It felt like oh, everyone like was just there to laugh. They were sharing drinks. I talked about everyone equally. Every I roasted the killers just like I roasted the lawyers who was in that month. You gotta have them both. You gotta have them everybody both. Everybody had to get it both. And it was the coolest feeling ever, man. And to experience it firsthand, to see what laughter can really do to a room, and then use it as a way to conduct the audience to do what I want them to do, which is enjoy themselves. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, brother. I love that. Uh, yeah. I really can't complain, man. Um, it's like everything that I've planned out in the past five years, those plans have now, like they're here. They're, they're, it's happening at this very moment. And, yeah, I was confident in those things that like when I said they were going to happen, I was confident that they were going to happen. But when I'm out, I'm actually living it now, you know, like I'm, when I'm on the plane and I'm studying my notes for the night show, it's like, hey, I really do this for a living. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> People sit down like they get out of their homes. They put gas in their car, drive to some place they've never been. And listen to some short, I'm like five foot six, 150 pound dude talk for an hour. And man, I can't really complain about nothing. <laughs> yeah, brother. I love that. You know, I, I love that you talk about how laughter is a panacea. Uh, even the most, you know, considered the most masculine, the most gruff, the most hyper masculine. You know what? love to kick back yeah. and release because we, as I said earlier on, like that release of that tension, that, that PTSD that happens, uh, unfortunately, Ciroc, that happens in our communities, right? Yeah. We're looking at, you know, and, and this is going to be a, a fun show, but we're looking at gun violence, the increase, right? The increase of gun violence in our communities. I know we're talking about the Uvaldes, all right, right? the buffaloes of the world, right? All, all the mass shootings that have been happening in our country. We have mass shootings in our communities 
on a regular basis. And I, and I, I know that I, I know, Ciroc, that's putting some of our laundry out in the streets, but that's true. Yeah. Right. And I have lost and I'm sure that you have lost many, many friends to gun violence and PTSD is real. And so to be able to sit in space, as you said, with the killers and the lawyers and everybody in between for a few moments, just for a little bit. Now, did the lawyers get robbed after I left? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. Let, 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 let's, let's hope not. But for that for that hour and a half, that two hours, man, everybody was having a blast, and it was amazing. I'm not mad at that, brother. Uh, so when you talked about PTSD, my actual album that I released is called PTCD, uh, Post Traumatic Comedy Disorder. Mm, tell and, me about uh, it. There's a line in there where I talk about how I lived a war torn life. Whether in the military, I'm a former United States Marine vet, or from the streets, from the 618-314 area where, you know, St. Louis violence, uh, gun violence, you know, is the, no different from you calling in for a pizza. I mean, it's just so regular that it's not really that ordinary, uh, you know. Right, right. It's not even newsworthy most of the time because it just happens so, so often. And um, it just... It feels good to finally be able to put it out on art. And uh, you know how people say, you know, put it on wax, you feel better. So it felt good to really talk about it. <laughs> it felt good to talk about how, you know, the streets, it damaged me, but I didn't let it destroy me, if that makes right. sense. Right. That's well, the that that's the wonderful thing. And and using your art, right, to talk about what the experiences. Uh, that you had, you know, many times I, re I remember coming up and, you know, I'm I'm a, a, a just a tad bit older than you, brother. Just just like just a, just a tad. Well, I was a tad bit, maybe six or seven months. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just I, I just remember the, the, the fervor of art. Right. Uh, thinking about Ice Cube and Ice Tea and N.W.A. And, and so you Public understood Man. what I said when, when I meant when I put it on wax. You understood. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yeah it, it, exactly. It, it, exactly. I mean, it was it, it, it was interesting only being six months older. You so much of how much I learned in, in that time. So much happened in that time. That's six months between. That you, amount but. of knowledge is what caused the grades. Honestly, you gotta explain yourself right. to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to my good friend Kim Turner, right? Who to, She's like the blonde highlights. I like the blonde highlights you got on, boy. Let me tell you, <laughs> right? But like you said, like you said, put it on wax. And many times it's the pain, right? The pain of yeah. those experiences, right? The best artists actually have been able to use the pain of their experiences to motivate their art. And interestingly enough, so I don't know too many folks, too many comedians, right, that have been able to use their pain like you have to really move it into an artful comedic space. And I think that we need that. Uh, I think oh, that yeah. we need that. But let me let me ask this question before we jump into that, right? My man, comedian Sir Rock Fox, what's your revolution? Um, Man, it's so, I actually know when I have, I know the exact moment I had. I know the exact okay. moment I had mine. Um, so while I was in the Marine Corps, I was a different person. One, I was bald like you. We had a lot in common there. Uh, I didn't have no hair. I was a very angry, um, flying off the seat of my cuff. I was just, I was just an upset person, screaming twenty four seven. I had a few Marines under my charge, 
and I was just unruly. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what would what they say in color purple? Mean and surly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to describe me. And I realized that my my nature, how I was raised, how what was put inside me, my what was nurtured in me, it was like it's totally opposite of what I was meant to be. You know what I mean? And it, it was destroying me. That amount of right. anger. Right. I can see myself snapping at any moment. I could just couldn't fight anymore. And so uh, as a joke, before my deployment, someone dared me to go up on an open mic stage and tell a few jokes. They said that I was always funny when we was going like through hell. So they figured, let's try some non-stress jokes and see what happens. <laughs> It's easy to tell a joke when bullets is coming at you, but can you tell a joke when people are actually staring? So that was the goal. <laughs> and um, I got on stage at La Jolla. It was a spot called uh, the Comedy Store. And this is a very historic place when it comes to comedy, and that was my first stage. And I, 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 I'm very grateful that that was my first stage because a lot of people can never experience something like that, you know, the first year of comedy, let alone the first time. And so I got on stage and I remember my outfit. I had on a black polo shirt, these baggy, baggy shorts that definitely wasn't hoochie daddy. <laughs> and uh, I had on different color Jordans. I remember these different color J's. One was black, one was yellow. I was going to destroy the audience with this combo. Nobody's seen this. What? Same shoe, different color. They're not even going to pay attention to the jokes. They're going to pay to these shoes and have a good time. That's what I thought. And <laughs> once I got up on that stage, I froze for just this small second. And I said, fuck what I look like. And I just took off. And the audience laughed their asses off. It was the first time I got a standing ovation. Wow. It was my first time on stage. It was amazing. Now, granted, it was only 10 motherfuckers. Oh, can I cuss? We'll put a PG-17. NC-17. I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Uh, granted, it was only 10 people there. But and if you count the comedians, it was 20. And then you got the staff. But at that point in time, I knew I am not meant to fight anymore. My, mm. but my body... My brain power, my soul will no longer be used as this type of weapon. I got something way more powerful. I got something way more powerful than any gun. And it's time to make that muscle work. It's time to get it stronger. So that's what I did. Wow. That's a revolution right there, right? right. Think about this revolutionary as, as he talked, right? You know, angry brother, you know, and, and needing a way to find a way, needing a way to get out of that anger. And... Like, and putting it into a place that is going to manifest into greatness, right? Imagine that, revolutionaries. If you could, right, think about what you could be good at in this world and then go out and do it. And then the first time you do it, boom, right? It smacks you in the face. Because that's what it sounds like, dear brother, that it smacks you in the face like, yeah, this is what I should be doing in the world. Right. Standing ovation. Congratulations. It took me like 1,000, 1,000 speeches to get a standing ovation. Literally. <laughs> One if there's, if, look, Sirach, if there was anything as an undervation, that's what I would do. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Like, oh, he's done. Oh, he's done. No, he's done. Right. right. Oh, thank you. Next. Right. An undervation. I got I got an overwhelming undervation for nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> and then I happened to speak to the men of Omega. Right. And they gave me a standing ovation. I was like, yes, I figured it out. I fig- So on your first time, a little I'm a little jealous. I, I, I'm actually I'm a little on jealous. my third on my fourth. Huh? On my sixth time was the <laughs> on my sixth time was the under one oh, where uh, nobody did anything. <laughs> nobody did anything. Yo. It took me six times to mess up. <laughs> right, but to think about that, right? Think about that because it's hard being a comedian. I'm not gonna lie to you, right? Right? It, it's it's yeah. not not that I even know, but but understanding the ability to make people laugh, right? To purposely say that I'm gonna go out. And try to make people laugh. I because I know I'm I'm the hardest person to try to make laugh. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is not funny. This is this is this is definitely not funny. There's a, there's an Asian sister uh, who's a comedian, and I cry. I can't even remember her name. Oh, sure. Oh, dang. That's, that's, <laughs> right. You got to find that out. That's your whole work. I know. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. You, you got to remind me. That week and not know their name. But I, man, I, look, look. But she is hilarious. I like, I'm literally rolling on the floor. And Chris Rock, it, it, I've been watching Chris Rock since forever. And so, but that's the thing, right? To, to be able to purposely say, I'm going to go out and make people laugh. And to get on stage, I mean, how many people, I mean, to get on stage? And then what if you nut up, right? Like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. And, you know, I mean, that's your ego, you know, ego and everything. So I, I applaud you for what you do. And I applaud you for saying, you know what, this is my revolution. And then sticking to it. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's the wonderful thing. So tell us about your journey, right? Tell us a little bit uh, uh, about like this journey to being a successful comedian. One thing we talked about in the green room was it was like I'm living I'm living the life that I that I thought about 5 years ago. Yeah. Tell me about that journey, right? Tell me what so first, here's the first thing. Tell me about what you thought was going to be like you were going to be like 5 years ago. Ooh, that's a good that's steps. Good. What are the steps that you've taken to get to this point to say, you know what? I'm living Sorok's life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I ain't P. Diddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let me see. If we take it back just a little further than five years, maybe seven. Uh, let me think. 2016. So we take it to 2016. That's when I originally came to Virginia. Um, my mindset was I just left Atlanta. Um, that's where I thought I was going to start, start my comedy career. I thought Atlanta was the place to do it. This was it was exploding right at the time as far as black art. That's what I thought. I found out something else, but it was exploding. It was explosions, all right. (laughs) Of all these black creators and black content coming out, and and I was just so excited to be like, you know what? I'm going to join that movement. I'm going to be a part of that that lifestyle and be a successful comedian in Atlanta. And uh, that did not happen. And any, any, I didn't even perform in Atlanta. I didn't even do a show. Um, I never got booked. No one knew who I was. Um, I did some shows in the surrounding areas and small, like Chitlin Circuit spots. And yeah, I killed. But it was obviously not going nowhere. And then a small dispute with the person who, uh, you know, got me out there with my family. 
that just kind of killed everything. And so I had to adjust my sights, um, do some calculations, and then we chose Virginia. One, because my wife's family was in Virginia. So if I tripped up or fell, I can reach out for a hand. Thank you so much to the Johnsons because I fell so many times <laughs> that, you know, and it wasn't these monetary things. It was just stupidity on my part. Mm. And they had my back for a while. Uh, and it was more, it was mostly because I'm married to their daughter. So if I'm broke, she broke. <laughs> Yo, um, Sirak, um, you married my daughter. Um, this comedy thing is not working out for you. Um, I'm going to need you to get a real job. Okay. We're going to support right, you. Right, right. And, that's how, and don't worry, they, that pressure was there. That pressure to get a real job was certainly there. And um, I almost did it. I almost came close to giving up and make like money on uh, suits. So we got to Virginia. I started modeling for a company, a, a suit company. And uh, when I got seen on the commercial, another person cast me for this uh, show called, um, oh, I forgot what it was called, Living to Laugh Out Loud. Living to Laugh Out Loud. And then from Living to Laugh Out Loud, it was a sketch comedy show. And really? Yeah, the episode was like one and a half. Like it two. was live. It was a live sketch. <laughs> so we was in like theater, like small theaters, and, and okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty dope. And I came up with this character called. Uh, well, I didn't write it. This guy, Ron, the real deal. He wrote a character called uh, Benny Jack, and he was this obnoxious talk show host who. Uh, <laughs> this is how you talk. He's, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your luckiest day. Hi, I am Benny Jack. And guess what? Congratulations, you're in my presence. And I would I would be tearing the audience up, roasting them, throwing like personalized Benny Jack waters. <laughs> and I would give people these prizes on the show where it's like you get a house, but you end up like $2 million in debt from you receiving the gift. It'd be like... <laughs> Thanks for the help. It'd be ridiculous. And... Um, People who were doing stand-up comedy productions, they saw that and they started putting me on shows. Okay. Um, from that, you know, I expanded a little bit further. I did a show at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone. It's a, it's like a bring them show. Um, a bring them show is when you can only get on if you bring a certain amount of people. Okay. All right. For this particular show, I ended up bringing half the audience. Oh, for, wow. Yeah. I didn't win that competition. I got disqualified. <laughs> I went over my time. I went over my time. Oh, but okay. at right. that point, I realized like I don't need to do these shows because I can bring in my own crowd. Right. You know, it, it's crazy to do all that work and then you don't get no money for it. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. No, you know, yeah, I got yeah, a baby. Yeah. My 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 wife is sexy, and you know, sexy <laughs> people are expensive. It's expensive, expensive to stay sexy. So once right. her elbows started getting ashy, it's like. Hey, it's either you find a way or I'm leaving. <laughs> look, look, so I started producing my own shows. People are expensive. Let me let me tell you, bro. Sexy people are expensive. Sexy people are. You know what I'm saying? I'm one I got of a them. Special salad for this head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just just to stay, just to keep it sexy. Yeah, but you know, through all that, through all that, the only thing that deviated from my five year plan was the location. That was the only thing that deviated. I knew that as soon as the right people saw me, 
they would want me a part of their project. And then when someone saw me on that, they would want me on something else. I just knew. Um, the only thing I was upset about was it. I had to adjust my sights on where it would bloom from. But mm-hmm. luckily I did because uh, Virginia was the best decision I could have ever made for my, my career. Right. Um, it's yeah. like dead center on the East Coast. I can go from New York to North Carolina to South Carolina to D.C. all on a few tanks of gas, and it make it seem like I'm touring. You know, okay. it, it make it seem like I'm everywhere. When in actuality, I'm on the same road. I'm on the same highway. Ninety five goes everywhere. I'm ninety five. I'm going to ninety five south, ninety five north. You know, what right, I'm saying? right, right, right. All of that. All of that. Brother, let me let me ask you this, right? We, we, we talk about this five-year plan, right, and the steps to get to it, but I didn't ask you, like, what does that look like now? Like, you said, I've reset, I'm living the life. What is that five-year, like, image? What's that picture that you've achieved? Oh, so what I accomplished was to be able to fully support my family mm. off of stand-up comedy and the oh. entertainment that I produce, the content I make. Also, part of that five-year plan was to be able to hire other individuals and give them not enough to really survive off of, but enough for them to call off a few weeks of work and come work on the project, and then they got to take their ass back in. <laughs> it was <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm at a place where I can take a few people on tour with me, and my family's still at home, not starving. Right. That was the once I, I figured once I got to that foundation, once I got to the point of, OK, now I can move and my wallet isn't affected. I can yeah. really cause some damage. I can really cause some damage and I can take gambles on going to places like Houston, Texas, where the payout isn't guaranteed. Doesn't matter because I have two albums in rotation that's making money no matter what I do. I have a talk show that the other seasons are still getting advertising dollars paid into it. So regardless, if I go on a Houston trip and the person who books me, you know, shakes me on $200, I'm not stressing because while I was on that trip, I was making money through comedy anyway. Yeah. And then you attach it to other goals. So when I go to these other cities, I add more projects to that movement. I'm already there. That's why I'm filming In Your City. I'm already in Houston. I might as well film an episode of In Your City in Houston. I'm already in St. Louis. I might as well. And then you make money on top of the money you was guaranteed to. I'm so happy. (laughs) That's what it is, right? And and what I hear is that consistency is everything. And, you know, if I think about my revolutionaries who are starting things, Right, starting their revolutions and fulfilling them and saying, okay, five years out, I want to be this. I want my revolution to finish or I want my revolution to look like this. But the consistency, and as, as Elijah Moses talks about all the time, right? You have to revolt and evolve into the person that you want to be. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. And that's what it, it sounds like you had to do, that you had to revolt and evolve into this, com- this comedian, this comedic person that was going to also be a business person, right? And, and thinking through for my entrepreneurs, it's like my value proper to the world is that I make them laugh. I also am, am multi-talented, right? So when people see me, I believe so fervently in myself. I'm so confident about the work that I do that somebody else is actually going to pick me up, right? Because yeah. I'm that I'm that good. And we think about this, right? And I, my revolutionaries know I've said this on the show, Sirak, a number of times. I call it the Frank Sinatra effect, right? What you do is that you make it in one place and then you right, you, you get so good at one place, then you have the ability to propel yourself to the next place. Right. Yeah. 
And you think about New York as, the, as that place that Frank Sinatra got to was this big singer. But if you look at his story, he had to start down, right? If we call it the Chitlin Circle, whatever they called it back then, he had to start here and become down here and become successful. And then he made it to the next place, right? Got mm-hmm. successful, made it to the next place and got successful. And somebody saw that person, saw him. Right. And so it sounds like the story is very, very similar. Like I started off here and then the next person saw me. Right. And I moved to the next level. Right. The next town, the next opportunity came. And I build up. Right. And then now I've got this album. Right. I've got two albums. I got a comedy show. Right. All the things I keep getting seen. Right. I keep getting yeah. the opportunities to build on my craft and to build on my brand. But if you weren't consistent. Right. If, because I'm sure, I'm sure, Sirach, there were choice points where you, right, like you said, there was a choice point, right? In the low points, I could either go and get a real job because I got, I got support. Look, my my queen is sexy. I got a kid. You know what I'm saying? I got Mr. Johnson breathing down my neck, saying, "No, yo, my daughter, like, hey, you gotta take care of her." You know what I'm saying? Or the choices, as we say here, you can continue to be revolutionary. Right. And knowing that you believe in yourself. And so to look where you are. And I know how old are you now? You said you were in your early 30s. Yeah, I just uh, my birthday just passed. I, I'm 33. I'm 32, 33. I'm 33. <laughs> just, I yes, I'm 34. Great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 34. Um but yeah, and, and and what I love is 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 that the 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 joyfulness around what you're doing and your ability to make folks laugh, right? And knowing that there's a consistency. But let's 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 pull back for one second, Sirach, because many times in a revolution there will be failure. And I want to dive a little deeper into that for one second, right? Talk about your failures and getting to this successful perch that you're at right now. Where did you fail and how did you overcome these failures? I failed often on my earlier productions, considering like the number of people who would come. So if I've never been to a town before, um, let's use uh, Boston, Boston, for example. I go to Boston for the first time and I try to produce a show. No one actually knows me. So the only people who I can use to draw in a crowd are the comedians that I use to open up before me. Right. Mm. Um, and sometimes when you're reaching out to these strangers who you never met before, you've never seen them do a live stand up comedy show. You've just seen their clips on, you know, Instagram or YouTube, like everybody else. Right. So you're gambling on the fact of, you know, these people might necessarily not, might not necessarily bring in the crowd that you think. Right. Um, and that has happened before where I did a show. And I thought I had a good lineup before me and I was going to headline my own show. I, I paid for it all out. It was going to be this big thing for my my studio so they can get this footage. And my team was going to put it together and show that we can actually mobilize a group of people to complete a production. Right. And um, that's what we did. That's what we did. We got the artists together. We got my team from Virginia. We traveled up north. We did all the work. We put it all together. We got this. We, I mean, we really went all out. I, I spent thousands. <laughs> I spent <And> thousands. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? The goal, the goal was to get this awesome footage of me entertaining these people in this completely, you know, completely satellite location and show other businesses that I can do it for them. 
No one came to the show. Oh, no one came to the show. The only people we got to entertain that day was the staff of the venue. That was about 40 people who was working that day. Um, it did rain. It did rain, but it was still, I mean, the rain wasn't enough to really stop anybody. It was just a bad turnout. No one came. And so all the restaurant employees and the security just sat down and they listened to the comedian's joke. The reason why it's not necessarily a failure is because I always knew in the back of my mind that this could happen. As long as I get it on film, as long as I capture me on film in a completely different city entertaining people, I got something. I got a safety net. As long as I got them cameras rolling, it is not a waste. I can turn that audio footage into another album. I can cut, turn that audio, that video footage into promotional for booking for other shows. And then plus, I still got to deliver happiness because all the people who were working there were laughing their asses off. They said it was the best show they ever went to. <laughs> so even when I, consi- I, I lost considerably, I still knew about it. I knew it was going to eventually come. And I had my safety net for it. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that because if you think about it, it is it is reframing what failure looks like, right? We can, we can talk about this failure, right? The in, in our minds, the story, the story, and I, I I'm big on storytelling. When I, when I say that, is that the mind will create stories to rock, and then we have to actually do the hard work in, in going to validate those stories, right? Mm-hmm. This is a failure because no one from the outside came. Well, right. no, this is not a failure because look at how many ways I can use this content right now. And I right. bet you, right, and, and the folks who are listening, right, they're your, they're your evangelicals, right? Well, you, you missed out on a great show with Ciroc Fox because he was amazing, right? People can go on YouTube. People can go on Instagram. People can go on Facebook and say, you know what? I just heard this amazing comedian and y'all missed out on an amazing show. Come yeah. check him out. Right. And, and, and being able to repurpose that content. I, I love that. And revolutionaries, I want you to look at your life and your revolution. Right. Because there will be failures. There will be times that there will be brick walls and you got to figure out what the sledgehammer is actually going to look like. And often the sledgehammer is going to look like your mind and how you reframe the story that you're actually telling yourselves mm-hmm. to break down that barrier. Because it's easy to say, you know what? This didn't work. I'm a failure. This is, you know, this is not my calling. This is not uh, the most successful failure. People will tell you that failure, right, and their mindset, this growth mindset, is what allowed them to move forward. So my goal for you, revolutionaries, is to say, go and validate the stories that you have in your mind, because oftentimes when you attempt to validate them, the story is actually going to be incorrect. And that's what I want people to take away from that story is that, you know what? I easily could say, well, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a good comedian. Nobody wants to come see me. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great one comedian. One of the comedians quit. One quit. Yeah. One saw it. Uh, she, she saw that, that, that turnout and she was like, this isn't for me. I'm tired of this. Keep happening. And she was done. Yeah. That's but tough, man. I didn't man. see it that way. I didn't see it that way at all. It, it, it wasn't even that heartbreaking. Except for when I count my wallet, but (laughs) (laughs) millions, Uh. (laughs) you know, to this day, that that footage ended up being I ended up studying that footage. I wrote down some of the things I said because it was a complete freestyle 
And then I put it into my first actual album. So the my first album ever, which is um, Adults Only. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that album, that audio, you know, where I came up with that set was the set that I did in front of nobody first. Wow. And uh, now that same material is, you know, paying my water bill. <laughs> <laughs> paying my water bill. So if you ever stop streaming, Every only, I'm not going to be able to bathe. So keep streaming. We want that brother to bathe. We, we want, <laughs> as I called it, as I called him the first time I met him, we want baby predator to bathe. All right. Bathe. <laughs> that's, that's what we want. The lock's no not baby. thick enough to be full grown predators. <laughs> <laughs> we know that those are woved in. We <laughs> Hey, hey, I, look, if you didn't start it, I was going to start it, brother. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, thought, you know I thought we was on making dreams happen. I thought we was on that part. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there's still, still a part of there's still a part of failure. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you joking me, boy. If I see you one day with a Caesar cut glued onto your head. <laughs> it's never going to happen. That's, that's never going to happen. I mean, it's doing it every day. Brother. I see this. I see this. <laughs> oh, man, I don't understand that. I brother, I do not look, you know, look, I, I I am an entrepreneur. I'm someone who funds entrepreneurs. Like I love an innovative mind. I love an innovative thing. But I watched something on I watched something on Instagram, right? And where this brother came in bald, balder yeah. than me. He was balder than me. That's really bald. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's really bald and walked he walked out of the barbershop like you see you know how they they, they, they pan in and he came in bald, bald beard beard just oh trash straight trash and he walked out with waves right <laughs> he walked out with waves and look a lot uh, like like literally literally edward scissorhands had come and get, given him a lineup right like I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh -uh, that's the no. that's the move now. That's the yeah. move. <laughs> hey, hey, no. Uh uh. Uh uh. Late, 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 at, yeah, late at night. Late at night. Please rub on this bald. Man, head. just tell them to accept it. They yeah, 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 yeah. No. Uh -uh. What happens if it rains? I mean, that's this. This is the best thing. This this bald head is the best thing for no, a rainy I mean, day. To the people who got that paint on it. Oh yeah, yeah, they're done. They're In they're weather. You can't go to yeah. the pool. Come on. No, uh -uh. Mm, you still gotta wear a baggy over your head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh uh. Not not one bit. Not one. Not one bit. Dear brother, I mean, I, I love that. Um, I love that. You know, being able to reframe failures. That's what we have to do. But I also want to talk about how what it what it's like to hone your craft. Talk That's about that. That's the fun yeah, part. Tell me what that looks like for you to hone your craft, to get better every day, every week, every month. What does that look like for you? So, uh, and this goes back into another uh, another rule of mine is why I record everything is because um, I go back and I listen to what I say. And uh, in a genre of comedy, if you want to break mine down in micro genre, it's like um, freestyle storytelling, where it's not a necessarily rehearsed version of me recollecting an event that happened to me. Um, so it's basically me telling you how I scraped my knee for the first time. And then I tell that story for the first time on stage. And I, I you know, I add my cadence to it. I do my breakdown to make sure that I'm at 30 seconds of laugh or 15 seconds of laugh. Whichever, wherever I'm at, 
I, I make sure my cadence follows that format. So before I didn't know about cadence before when I first got on stage, I was just talking. And I think uh, Kevin Hart and um, uh, another uh, comedian that I, I really love, Richard Pryor, they both said something like this, where it's like, yeah, you funny, but you ain't saying shit. Like, <laughs> you, you just saying shit. You might as well be what Family Guy do, just saying, you know, saying vulgar things loud and obnoxiously and hoping you get a, you know? And that's what that's what it was. Um, it wasn't no real message behind it. It was just me acting a fool on stage. Right. And when I understood um, and when I finally got that lesson of, oh, there's a science to this. There's an actual mathematical equation to being a top notch comedian. And if you don't follow it, you'll you'll your checks will not reflect. So I got down to 15 seconds of laugh with certain audiences, knowing that if I get this get this audience they're going to get this material, this type of version of me, and I'll be set. Or if I'm in front of a church audience, that's going to be a 30-second per laugh audience. I know for a fact, I know what type of cadence that I need to follow mm. to make sure I maximize my check for that for that time period. I and once you. I started creating different versions for each audience that I can ever encounter, it, it man, I don't know, it just started, I guess I started evolving. And so mm -hmm. now I'm to the point where I can conduct three or four types of audiences at once. Wow. So okay. you can have a mixed crowd and still treat them like different audience members. And you can have, as if you were a choir director, you have your low singers, your mid singers, and your highs. And right. as a comedian, I'm directing that crowd. And sometimes I want the low singers to get a little rowdy over the highs. Or sometimes I want my highs to get a little rowdy over my mids. Mm -hmm. And I'm just having them wait, ride this wave that they don't even know that they're on. They don't even know that they're being controlled. They don't even know that <laughs> they're having the best time of their life and not fully understanding why. Uh, if you go back into the show that we did in Alton, the killers was in the back, the females was in the front. And everybody who was coupled up was in the middle. That's three different audience members. That's three different genres of of comedy that you need to dis, dis, dispute. Not dispute, but uh, dis, oh, Lord. Distribute. There we go. Distribute. 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 Yeah, exactly. so, distribute. <laughs> and you can't make it so noticeable to the point where you feel like someone is getting isolated. So there's still one choir, just three, three sections that you have to direct. And me learning that, me attacking comedy the way that I did in that way, and still being able to tell these stories for the first time on stage, uh, it took a long time. I don't get me wrong, but I feel like this is my lane. Like I created mm. my universe of comedy, and now it's getting to a point where you know what you're getting when you click on the face, just like Dave Chappelle said. You know what you're getting when you click on the name. It's this genre of comedy. It might not be for everybody. But my audience is a wide range, and I'm excited that I got to that point. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. I I, I love that. Like, you know, if we think about entrepreneurship, and I, 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 I what I love is, is is thinking through. You said revolt and evolve, right? I, I had to evolve into the this comedic role to understand my audience, right? And that that's key to understand, right? The multitude of audiences that I may, right, encounter, 
Right. Uh, like you said, and, and, and studying your craft means understanding who are the people that you are actually providing. We'll call it a service if la- laughter is our service because people go to hear you because they want to get out of their they want to get out yeah. of their life. That's why we that's that's why we want to hear comedy. We want to get out of our life. Right. We want to hear or commiserate with the person who is making us laugh. That, that's the thing, because there's some story about their life or there's some story or there's some experience that they've had. Right. That's not our experience or it's our experience, but it hasn't been made this funny. Right. Yeah. And that's what happens if you can hone that in. Right. And get people out of their lives or allow them to find humor in their own lives, in their own experiences. Like, you know what? That was traumatic for me, but he just made that kind of funny and I can release some of that trauma. That's when you hone your craft. That's the, that's when, right? One of the th- one of my favorite albums is Bigger and Blacker, right? Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker, and mm. because it just kind of was like this 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 political how how he made co- the politics and comedy come to life because we were all dealing with the politics, which I we are. He lost his voice after recording that. Again, you know, his voice. yeah. <laughs> But he brought us in, right? It was this experience that us as black folks were going through and he was making humor out of it. But in a re- it, it, was, it was like this realism humor, like, yeah, Chris, preach. And this shit is funny, you yeah. know? And so that, that's what I love. Be, the, the, the comedy allows us to get away from our lives and to see our lives in a different vantage point that may allow us to release some of the pain like you know, like you said, you had the killers in the back, right? And for yeah. those moments, that that PTSD was gone, right? I'm gonna yeah. release some of this, right? Because it's it's tough, and I love that honing your honing your craft and and knowing your audience is key. Because as we said earlier in the show, laughter is a panacea. Laughter is our ability to make light uh, of life. You know, if you had to say, let me ask you this question, right? What, what, mm-hmm. what's your joke? Like, what, what's, what's your joke that you know that you're gonna be like, I got him, I got you. Ooh. Uh, let me see. I say my favorite one that, cause I don't repeat too many, so the one that I've repeated the most, uh, and the most being three times, I've done it three times on stage. It's this. Um, me going after big ladies. I had a big lady phase. And I don't know why I call it a, a phase because I'm still attracted to big ladies. Um, <laughs> so I think that's just my thing. But when I was a little kid, it was uncontrollable. And <laughs> I went to a teen party and uh, this music was playing. And the music is uh, get, called get Low. Get Low by the Lil John and the East Side Boys. And how I, I describe you. it. I go into the joke saying that when I walk into a club, it was this old Negro spiritual plan. And I start to <laughs> sing the song. And when I sing the song, the audience sing it back so loud and so much energy that it carries the rest of the joke. And uh, that is, it's my favorite so far. I did it first time in 2015 and I did it again last year and I did it this year. Yeah. And like every time I do it, that energy, I need that to happen when I'm in an audience that I might get shot in. Like oh, if, yeah. if, <laughs> if there's Before any possibility 
that I might get shot. If there's police in the audience, if there's anybody <laughs> named Gregory who got got hair, if there's any <laughs> said who, Gregory. Any, if there's any stickers on the back of the people's truck that say don't tread on me, any type of danger that I feel, I bring that joke out. Right. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. Little, 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 little Frankie Beverly Mays. Before I, before I, if you can get the crowd singing, before I let go, you know you what I'm saying? You, you say, yeah, before I, before I let go, let me tell yeah. you. Look, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna land this, land this ship right for a second. But I want to ask this because we're always thinking about how we get better, right? The show starts with me saying a show for men and the people who love them, uh, where we help people find and embrace the revolution within themselves, right? That revolution in themselves is finding laughter. And we talked about this in the green room, dear brother, is that how can people find ways to laugh every day? How can they find laughter and joy in their lives every day? You invite the people in your life for a reason. Like you invite the, the, the relationships that you have around you. They're there for a reason. You saw something in them that made you say, I want this person to stick around. With that person, develop the right relationship, develop a healthy line of communication, and I guarantee you, you will laugh every day. Me and Mrs. Fox, there is never a day, even when we're mad at each other, there's never a day we don't laugh. Never. With me and my daughter, we laugh about the dumbest things. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's just like I, I did a um, show in North Carolina, and I told those people, I was like, you know what? I get that, you know, a lot of shootings have happened in this area and a lot of guys are worried about, you know, bullets getting thrown at them, yada, yada, yada. But you ever thought to think that sometimes you're just mean and that's why <laughs> these bullets are coming towards you. <laughs> like, so if you wake up with that energy of being, you know what, I want to be happy. You're going to communicate with the people around you, those relationships, You that happiness is going to infect them. And y'all are going to have a good time, whether it's just eating cereal or you going out to run errands. Right. Um, so the relationships around you is definitely the mm -hmm. best way to remain solid. Now, if you a lonely person, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to tell you. I got people around me, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not lonely. I'm not lonely. I'm not lonely. <laughs> I'm not lonely. I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm lonely. Not lonely. You gotta keep saying it. You gotta keep saying it. Well, brother, you laughing with me. You laughing with me. You got, you can come to a tour. You can come to a tour route with us, man. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Sleep alone. <laughs> Every night. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, the security gonna be asking, "Hey, man, why you bring your dad? What's going on?" <laughs> Why you bring your, why you, hey. He's lonely. He's lonely. He's he want to go with. We go. We gotta have a good time, man. <laughs> he's just a fan. He's just a fanboy. <laughs> fan dad. <laughs> that's what he is. He's just a fan dad. Oh, that's right. But you should you know, come to a show, man. You would. You I'm, would I'm have definitely come to the life. show. Look, I'm definitely. I'm definitely coming to the show. I want back. I want backstage tickets. I want to be like, I, look, I, look. I'm gonna get a shirt made. <laughs> 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 What's the revolution, <laughs> Ciroc? 
Ciroc Spandad. That's what that's what, that's what it is. That's what it is. That, that's what it is. Um, it's interesting you say that because we, you know, I talk about community. I talk about the the power of relationships, right? Outside of it, and my, and my good friend Ashley Page and I talk every day, and literally, Ciroc, like we laugh, like laugh, like the joy. One of the joys of my day is to laugh with her, like literally. And I have got her southern drawl down pat, right? It won't do it here on the show, but like, and so, I mean, literally, and it's, it's like, if we don't laugh, right, that there's something wrong. And so that the power of that relationship, the power of that friendship, and, you know, is our ability to laugh at each other, to laugh yeah. with each other, uh, to joke each other. Um, she seems to have found that uh, Torians like to sleep, so she will send me memes of of of, 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 of like <laughs> call uh, big Taurus energy of people sleeping. I'm like, I don't like to sleep. She's like, you're always like, I'm tired, I'm sleeping, <laughs> right? And so, um, and then my line brother Antoine Hickman, Doctor Antoine Hickman, man, you want to talk about someone who makes makes the world laugh, right? Like literally yeah. he's probably like you. He, he, you know, he's one of those education luminaries, r- real, real smart, but you get him in a, r- I mean, literally I can never get off the phone with him without my stomach hurting. Like, Is it li- some people's spirit? Is some yeah, people's I mean, li- literally he will light up a room. Like literally I, t- look, look, I told him about something I was about to do. He was like, he was like, I will have you on perp alert. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying, you know, Antoine, I love you, brother. 28 years of friendship, man. And so laughter is a, is, is a panacea as we talk about, dear brother. Look, uh, I want my revolutionaries to know where they can find and get your albums, uh, where they can see you, upcoming shows, anything that we can put in the show notes that, oh, yeah, that pubs, yeah. uh, comedian Ciroc Fox. Tom Wise Fryho, when, when, when is this episode dropping so I can say these dates right? Uh, this uh, uh, it, it'll drop in a couple of weeks. Uh, okay, that's not, that's, not, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. We'll we'll try to shoot for Houston then. Uh, okay. Houston will be uh, August twenty second. Me and oh, you yeah, yeah. will be, be down there, and uh, we'll. I think we're going to. No, not Ruby's. Leon's Lounge. So we'll be okay. going to Leon's Lounge on that Sunday. Uh, uh, around uh, what is that? That's Sunday around August 22nd. So I think it's the 21st is the actual show day. And then we film an uh, interview in a famous talk show called uh, Sip the Spill. Okay, uh, we'll do that on August 22nd. So Houston, that's what we're uh, doing there. Um, feel free to follow me on Instagram at uh, the, the Real Sirock S Y R O K on Instagram. Um, and then we got the studio's uh, official website where you can inquire about bookings on me. Or any of my film team in uh, capabilities, which is www.foxtailstudios.com. That's F O X X T A L E S T U D I O S dot com. Uh, Foxtailstudios.com. Um, we can do just about anything. We can go just about anywhere. Even we can do a show in Alaska. I promise you, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm all. I'm in my bag now when it comes to reaching out to people who want to entertain their friends. So say business owners and bar owners or people who just, you know, they have a private practice or whatever, and they have clients that they want to entertain. We can turn any place, any place into a theatrical production where it's all about you and your brand. You get all the credit and we're just here to make people laugh. And everybody come to you to say, man, this is so cool, man. This is amazing. While we're sweating and 
in the back doing all the work. <laughs> but that's what I want people to experience. So we're building events around your brands. So feel free to reach out to me. Feel free. Um, post-traumatic comedy disorder is available on Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere where you sh- where you stream your music. If you got YouTube Plus, it's on YouTube. Um, this season of In Your City, we're going to be on Roku. And all those links will be available on my Instagram or at your website. Gotcha. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> it's all good. I can't talk about everything. Hey, hey. <laughs> Revolutions makes you go and check out this brother. I am impressed. I am a fan of, like I said, the first time I met this brother, I was just like, I, I want to be in your orbit, man, because I love to laugh. Uh, laugh is a panacea for me uh, in my loneliness. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, not lonely, lonely. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, please go check out this brother. Please support him and the work that he's doing. Uh, a, a star, you know, and think about what his revolution is. Right. To think about how, how do we transform our lives and how can laughter be a part of that? Ciroc is leading, leading that. And I can't wait to see how far you go with this. Right. And how far you take us with you, dear brother. That's the thing. Thank how you. far can we go with you? That's our revolution. And I have a handicap. I have a handicap in the game because nobody want to see somebody sexy tell jokes. Ugly <laughs> people have a leg up. Ugly people have a leg up. They got a natural funniness to them. It's hard looking good. And telling good jokes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Trying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to think of like a, a, a black male comedian that actually is attractive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know I'm what revolutionizing saying? the game. You know Sexy what I'm saying? Hey, is about hey, to be yeah. in. You keep, you keep those short locks, brother. You good. You look. <laughs> You know, you, look, if those locks don't grow any further, you're, you, you, you got it. <laughs> you got it. You know what I'm saying? Brother out here was like short, got a bob. <laughs> I wish I could talk about your hair. I wish I had a joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What's the last time you saw a comedian out here with a bob? He goes to the barber shop. Can I get a, can I get a bob? That's first of all, bob is can evenly get, cut. You see can I get this bro? angled cut? <laughs> It's like it's it, it look look it changes colors. That's cool, I know, I look that that is exactly <laughs> looking like scary spice out here. But we're gonna move, <laughs> you know. So revolutionaries, look. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're enjoying your summer and that you are finding your space and finding your way. Right? You know the year the year will be coming to an end soon. And and when you look back, can you say to yourself that I that I fulfilled my revolution? That I've done the things that you know in order for me to say yeah. Have you dispelled the stories around why you cannot fulfill your revolution? Have you validated those stories and right and told yourself, you know what, those stories are wrong. I am revolutionary. I can be the person. I can revolt and evolve into who I want to be, revolutionaries. Thank you to Elijah Moses who seeded that to us, right? Those things about I want to be, as, as, as our brother Sirach says, five years from now, I want to be this version of myself. What does that look like? Ask yourself today, what's my five-year revolution? Who do I want to be in five years? What do I want to be doing? And then take those sub-revolutions, right? Make them work, fulfill them. So you can look back and say, you know what? Brother Sirach seeded me with this, this five-year plan. And now look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at who I am. Look at who's around me. Look at what I've got in the bag. Thank you. That's what I want you doing, revolutionaries. Because we are here for you and you know that I love you. 
right? You know that I love you and I am appreciative of the support. I just want to give a shout out to my team, Sarah and Seiko for making this happen. We just passed 42,000 listens, 137 shows. We're doing this thing, right? We are doing it. And it's because of you, Revolutionaries. This show continues to go on and we continue to be supported by you and uplifted by you. So I'm here with you and I thank you so, so much. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Brother Sirach. We'll talk to you soon. Peace, everyone. All right. Like if you feel the need to joke me, like go ahead. Like <laughs> trust me, that was that was there was no <laughs> there was no chance of that not happening if you said okay. that. Like, okay, good, 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 good. I, I, I definitely want that to happen. Like you know, I, I definitely.